throughout the entirety of Surah Nur, you find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us to protect ourselves from seeing things that are haram, taking in a light from something that you're not supposed to be looking at. Why? In order to bring Allah's light into one's heart. You find that subhanAllah, Allah ta'ala is teaching us to take permission before you enter a home in ayah number 27. You find that Allah Ta'ala is commanding the believing men and women to lower their gaze. Don't look at things that are haram. You don't want this haram light going into your eyes if you want Allah's light to be in your heart in ayat 30 and 31. There is the command for women to cover their beauty in ayah number 31 as well. You find that there is the command to get young people married and even subhanAllah the command to allow for a path for those who, are, who don't have the means and those who are servants for them to find means of emancipation so they can get married as well in ayat 32 and 33. And subhanAllah, there's even commands to teach young people to knock on the door before entering so they don't walk in and see something that they shouldn't be seeing in ayat 58 and 59. What am I trying to get at? You look at the entirety of Surah Nur and it's teaching us how to develop this light into our hearts by not letting in haram light into your eyes that would kill and deaden the heart. And what is at the center of this surah, subhanAllah? Right at the middle of this surah is Ayat An-Nur, the verse in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about His light. Before we even get into it, we have to remember something. That light is the way we see, the way we understand reality. And it is through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we understand our reality as believers. And a person who doesn't see with the light of Allah ta'ala doesn't understand reality the way the believer truly understands the reality of this world, subhanAllah. If we take a look at Ayat al-Nur, we find that it's, it can be divided into seven sentences. Seven sentences. What are they? Allahu nuru samawati wal ard. Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. First ayah. First, I should say, sentence. Then, مَثَلُ نُورِهِ كَمِشْكَاتٍ فِيهَا مِسْبَاحٍ مِسْبَاحُ فِي زُجَاجَةٍ الزُجَاجَةُ كَأَنَّهَا كَوْكَبٌ دُرِّيٌّ يُوقَدُ مِنْ شَجَرَةٍ مُبَارَكَةٍ زَيْتُونَةٍ لَا شَرْقِيَةٍ وَلَا غَرْبِيَةٍ The example of his light is like a niche within which is a lamp. The lamp is within glass and the glass as if a pearly star lit from a blessed olive tree, neither eastern nor western. This is the method, this is the example that Allah is giving. Then Allah Ta'ala says, what? Its oil would almost give a glow, even if untouched by fire. It has its own sort of glow to it, even before you light it, subhanAllah. That's the third sentence. Then the fourth is what? Nurun ala nur. Light upon light. Allah guides to his light whoever he wills. And Allah presents examples to the people. The sixth sentence. And Allah is knowing of all things. What's fascinating about these seven sentences is that you see a ring structure within them. The first one is talking about who Allah is and so is the last one. The first one is what? Who is Allah? He is the light of the heavens and the earth. And the last one is who is Allah? Allah is knowing of all things. You see that there's a correlation between one and seven. And then going further, closer to the center, you have what? The mathal. Mathalu nurihi, his example. And Allah Ta'ala goes into detail about what the example of Allah's light is. And if you look at the second and then the sixth, getting closer to the center, the sixth is what? Al-Amthal. Allah presents examples to the people. So parables and parables, subhanAllah, connection between both. Then you find the third and the fifth is what? Talking about how Allah Ta'ala guides. This oil, this 
which we're going to define what it is and talk about what it is, it has its own natural glow to it, even before this fire touches it. And Allah says what in the fifth sentence? Allah guides to his light whoever he wills. SubhanAllah, talking about what? It's attracting, it's pulling whoever Allah Ta'ala wills. So you have the first and the seventh, the second and sixth, the third and the fifth, and then of course you have left what? The center ayah, the fourth sentence, or I should say the sentence, which is what? Nurun ala nur, light upon light, right at the center of it, SubhanAllah. So this seems to be the ring structure, but now let's get into the meaning of it. What is this ayah speaking about? First and foremost, where do you find Allah's light? There are many different commentaries about this. This could be talking about Allah Ta'ala's divine light. This could be the fact that Allah Ta'ala gave us the sun and the moon. This could be so many different things. But this seems to be talking about the light of guidance. Why? Because Allah says, مَثَلُ نُورِهِ The example of his light, كَمِشْكَاتٍ Is like a niche or a crevice. What does that mean? Think about back in the day when people would have homes and they didn't have lighting like we had. What did they have? They would have these homes that sometimes you would carve out a little piece in the wall and then you would be able to stick a candle, something to light up the house. So there's this indentation, this crevice that is carved out, right? This is what it's referring to. Now, what is this representing? It's representing the chest of the believer. Of the, of the, believer. the believer has the indentation in his chest in order to have what? This heart inside of it. Why didn't Allah Ta'ala use the example of perhaps the sun which is so bright? Because the sun goes down at the end of the day and doesn't benefit you at night. SubhanAllah. The light of Iman is such that it shines even in the darkness. So that if you are being represented by this house, then deep inside of you there's something that is lit up. Why the word mishkat? Very interesting word. Yes, it means this crevice or this niche in the wall. But it also comes from the word shaka, yashku, or ishtaka, yashtaki, which means to complain. As mentioned twice in the Qur'an, once in Surah Yusuf and once in Surah Mujadra. So what is the correlation between a niche and complaining? Seems like a strange word to use. Well, perhaps it's the case that since a crevice or a niche indicates a crack or a break or something missing, then that's something to complain about. And how perfect is that exactly for our chests? Because perhaps it's representing the fact that in this analogy, this heart of ours is compared to like this bottomless pit that we cannot fill. Your heart is always longing for more. You always want something else. You always want to fill your heart. If only I could buy this. If only I could satisfy that. And it's like this thing that's always complaining. It's this niche. It's this crevice. It's this cutout. It's, there's this crack inside of you. And subhanAllah, it can only be filled with the remembrance of Allah. We complain to Him, to Allah Ta'ala, of our insatiable, of our insatiability. And then our hearts are filled with the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the niche. It's representing the heart, or the chest, I should say. Fiha misbah, in it is a lamp, a candle, representing the iman, the faith of this believer, something that is lit. But subhanAllah, this seems to be before you even receive revelation, before you hear about the message of Islam, before wahi even arrives to you, what do you have? You have this natural light burning, this fitrah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. We all know instinctually right from wrong, good from bad. When we see injustice, it makes us feel frustrated. When you try to even tell a lie, you find that your heart begins to palpitate, your eyes, your, uh, what's it called, they dilate, and so on and so forth. There's all sorts of issues. Your body reacts almost violently to evil. So we have this natural light within us. Al-misbahu fi zujaja, And this lamp or this candle is in a glass or crystal encasing, representing the heart of the believer. Why? Why glass? for the heart of the believer. Because the believer is transparent, not a hypocrite, not a liar. That's why. 
and also because some glass can be very hard and durable, and other glass is extremely fragile, and subhanAllah, there are all kinds of different believers with varying amounts of sensitivity. And then Allah says what? The glass crystal encasing is like a radiant pearly star. SubhanAllah, very, very interesting wording here. Even though this crystal encasing is from the earth, I mean, the fact is, Allah Ta'ala is talking about our hearts. The human being is from this earth. And yet, Allah Ta'ala gives it these qualities. These incredible qualities of what? Being star-like. But also, durriyun. Durriyun, pearly. A pearl comes from deep within the oceans. The stars are way above in the heavens. SubhanAllah, even though we are from this earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is highlighting something, that we have a heart that can be something that is much different, almost as if it doesn't belong to this earth. SubhanAllah, although the human being has a lowly physical heart made of clay, because that's what we're all made of, it can be filled with the light of faith, thus making it like the heart of the heavenly angels, like a kawkab, like a bright, brilliant star, SubhanAllah. And something about the pearl is very interesting as well. A pearl is not only shiny, but it's also something that is untouchable, something private, something hidden away, something that is precious. And evil people will always try to distort your fitrah, try to teach young kids at a young age that, no, this is the right fitrah, or this is what you should believe, or this is what you, th you should think. And yet, subhanAllah, the fitrah salima, the pure fitrah seems to come through and shine through every single time. As Allah Ta'ala promises, Fitratullahi allati fitra nasa alayha, la tabdila li khalqillah. Adhere to the fitrah, the natural inclination of Allah, which He has created all people upon. You will, not, you will find no change therein in the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the correct and straight and clarifying faith, subhanAllah. So, yes, we have this fitrah, this natural light built within our chests that is, has its own, its, its own blessedness, its own light. But Allah Ta'ala is saying what? It is lit from the oil of a blessed olive tree. So now, subhanAllah, we're trying to understand where it's getting its fuel from. You might have an original fitrah, but it needs to be fueled. What does a tree represent? This tree represents, subhanAllah, a good word, as Allah Ta'ala tells us. A good word. And it is mubarak. It is abundant in quality, abundant in benefit, and long-lasting in positive effects. It is not from the east nor from the west. What does this mean? Well, what it means is that if a human's good word is like a good tree in this world, then Allah's speech, the kalam of Allah Ta'ala, the Qur'an, would be like a tree that is not from this world. You can't find it whether you go east or whether you go west. It's out of this world, subhanAllah. In other words, you could spend your whole life scouring the earth east and west trying to find the equivalent of the guidance of the Qur'an and you're not going to find it. Because yes, a good word is like a good tree, but this is the type of tree that's not from this world. This is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So yes, the tree from out of this world is Allah's good word from above the heavens. And the oil that is ex extracted from it is what is the guidance that is extracted from this incredible Qur'an. And how fitting that the zujaja, the heart, the crystal encasing, was like a star from above the heavens and had this pearly-like quality from deep below, something hidden and precious and untouchable. And subhanAllah, this olive tree is also neither eastern nor western. So both of them have this quality of being out of this world. It's almost like they're made for one another. It's like your heart is designed to what? Be receptive to this word, to this Qur'an. 
Its oil would almost glow. That means even before you light it, it already has this light coming from it, this attraction. What does this mean? That this Qur'an, of course, this Qur'an is going to shine most when the believers actually apply it and practice it and show how amazing and how beautiful its guidance is. But subhanAllah, even before it's even applied, just the Qur'an itself, just by reading it and understanding it, even just as theoretical information, it has its own light to it. However, subhanAllah, once that this pure fitrah, this burning lamp, this little spark that is within us, once that pure fitrah finally comes in contact with that oil, the guidance of the Qur'an, it ignites and shines as it was meant to shine. That's when Islam is practiced. It shows the guidance infinitely better than just the theory, the idea, the concept. That's why us giving da'wah doesn't mean, oh, we just give a Qur'an to somebody. No, you have to be a shining example of living this Islam. And that's the beauty of this parable that once your fitrah salima, your pure fitrah, your natural inclination towards good, that little burning, flickering flame inside of your heart, once it finally touches that glowing oil that is from neither east nor west, it is subhanAllah, coming from kalima tayyibah, a good word from, sent from above the heavens, once these two things come into contact, what is it? It is light upon light. Nurun ala nur. Light upon light. The light from your fitrah on top of the light of revelation. And when this brightens, it doesn't just remain in the heart, it shows on your face, it shows on your limbs, it shows in your body. And that light will shine when the believer crosses the bridge of Sirat. We all have to die and we all have to cross this bridge. And Allah Ta'ala talks about the believers and says, On the day when you see the believing men and the believing women, their light proceeding before them and on their right. SubhanAllah. This is when you want that light the most, guiding your way on the bridge of Sirat. May Allah Ta'ala protect us. Then Allah says what? That Allah guides to his light whoever he wills. And he presents examples for mankind, not for himself. Why? Because Allah is knowing of everything. He doesn't need to present examples for himself. He's doing it for us to understand. He knows everything, but he is presenting these examples for us to consider, for us to think about, subhanAllah. This is the example of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's light. Now, I want you to imagine these hearts finally receiving their fuel, their oil, light upon light. I want you to imagine the show that it puts on from above in the heavens. I want you to imagine the angels looking down onto earth and seeing these lights flickering all over earth as the believers worship night after night. Allah Ta'ala says in the very next ayah, these hearts, these niches, these hearts are what? In mosques which Allah has ordered to be raised and that his name be mentioned therein, exalting him within them in the morning and in the evening. SubhanAllah. Ibn Abbas, he explains this ayah and he says what? Al-Masajidu buyutullahi fil ardi the masajid, the mosques, are what? Are the houses of Allah Ta'ala on earth, and they shine up to the inhabitants of the heavens just as the stars in the sky shine down to the inhabitants of the earth. Just take a moment to appreciate that. Have you ever spent a long time staring up at the stars at night, inspired by the sheer beauty and feeling a sense of awe? Have you ever just really enjoyed a beautiful starry night? If so, try to imagine the angels up in the heavens 
looking down upon us, but figuratively looking up to us in a way, like having respect for us, but they're looking down to the earth, feeling a sense of inspiration themselves, feeling a sense of awe, knowing that they, they thought that we would all be corrupt, that we would all fall to the traps of shaitan, that we would all obey our base lower inclinations, as they mentioned, Surah Baqarah, ayah number 30. And yet, some of us defied expectations. The believers defied expectations. And instead of being upset about that, these angels are impressed and proud of us. That we have the free will to do evil, but we choose to do good. We choose good over evil, and our hearts shine in the masajid, making the earth look like a starry sky in the darkness of night. Imagine the angels appreciating you. Imagine being able to meet them one day. SubhanAllah, may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who can stay up in the masajid, especially in these upcoming nights, these 25th, 27th, and 29th of Ramadan, the potential of achieving Laylatul Qadr. Inshallah, we'll continue with this theme in the second khutbah. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Muhammad wa ala alayhi wa sallam wa sallam sallam kathira. Bismillah wa alhamdulillah wa salatu wa sallam ala rasulillah. There are some Muslims amongst us who will very happily drag their wife and kids to a overnight flight, what they call red-eye flight, right? Staying up all night, making everybody miserable, making everybody exhausted, just to go to some expensive vacation resort because they really believe that a weekend in this resort will be all worth it. It'll be worth the stress, it'll be worth the money, it'll be worth the travels, it'll be worth the fighting and the dragging of the kids, it'll be worth all of that stress and all of that frustration. Yet, if you tell those exact same Muslims that Aisha radiallahu she said what? كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا دخلت العشر أحيا الليل وشد المئزر وأيقظ أهله that when the last ten nights of Ramadan began the Prophet used to stay up at night he would tighten his waist wrap what does that mean? it's not literal the idea is that let's get to work he would really hustle you could say really get serious tighten the waist wrap means what? as in now I gotta really give it my all and he would what? He would wake up his family. Yes, nobody likes to wake up their kids, wake up the wife and say, come on, come on, we got to get up. We don't like to do that. But subhanAllah, this is what the Prophet would do. So, will you stay awake? Will you wake up your family? And again, not because you were sold on some weekend resort, some commercial. Somebody told you, oh, it's the best one, and I'm telling you, if you go there, at these, the beaches are like this, and the waterfalls are like that. Not because you were sold some weekend dream, but rather because you believe in Jannah, a real paradise, an eternal resort paradise, subhanAllah. I ask the question, but I don't want anybody to answer with words, because actions speak louder than words. So it's not in, I'm not interested, and we should not be interested in what we have to say about this. Actions speak louder than words. What do you really aspire for? Which paradise retreat are you really looking forward to? Your actions will answer that question, insha'Allah ta'ala. So may Allah ta'ala make us of those who can spend these nights in which there is a night, khayrun min antashahr, that there is a night that is better than a thousand months, subhanAllah, 84 years and four months, a full lifetime of worship. It's better than that. 
May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who are seeking such a night. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who are awake during these hours, worshipping Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala and praying for everything that we want and everything that we need. Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma ahdina fi man hadayt, wa aafina fi man aafayt, wa tawallana fi man tawallayt, wa barik lana fi ma aatayt, wa qina sharra ma qadayt, fa innaka taqdi wa la yuqda alayk, innahu la yadhillu man walayt, wa la ya'izzu man aadayt, barakta rabbana wa ta'alayt. ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسمي كثيرة وأقم الصلاة